You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 312. In this episode, I share with you how to build your dream team. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. In today's episode, I talk about how I've built dream teams in the past, how I'm building a dream team today, and how you can build your dream team. Before we dive in, I want to highlight a podcast review from Puk Thom from the US, who says, I've been following Sigrun for a couple of years and have learned so much from both her free and paid content. She is a no-nonsense entrepreneur and coach who is passionate about helping people grow their business and succeed. She's the real deal. Thank you, Puk Thom. I would also appreciate if you left a review on Apple Podcasts and maybe you'll hear your name mentioned in an upcoming episode. You can go to sign.com forward slash 312 for the show notes of this episode and for instructions on how to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I've been building dream teams since 2004. 15 years ago, I became a CEO of a software company with 15 employees. The company was in the red, so my first task was to fire some of the employees. Firing people in a turnaround situation is very different than firing when things are going well. In a turnaround situation, you might have to let people go that you like and you think are good employees. But because you can only afford to have a certain number of employees, you are willing and able to make some tough choices. Actually, I think it would be very helpful for business owners to imagine that they are in a turnaround situation so that you make some tough choices sooner than later. Firing people is something most people think is a bad thing to do, but it's actually not. Yes, I don't fire lightly and I too often drag it out for a bit too long But when somebody needs to go, they need to go. And the sooner you let them go, the better it is for both of you. Having been fired a few times myself, whether it was in a turnaround situation or not, I know that it was always the best thing that has ever happened to me, even though I didn't see it that way right away. So think of firing as giving the person you're firing a new opportunity. And be gracious. Pay more and longer than you need to to make this an amicable departure. Also, offer to write a recommendation or send them to someone where they might be a better fit. It sounds like a cliche, but it is true. Hire slow and fire fast. When you're building a dream team, it starts with knowing yourself and the needs of your company before you start to hire. After letting nine people go back in 2004, I had only six employees. It was like tearing down a house only to build it back up. 
I had fired people who were not contributing to more revenue in the business. And now my goal was to hire only people who would contribute to the bottom line. Since we were a software company, my goal was to invest into more programmers so we could take on more projects and bill more hours. Within a year, we were back at 15 people, but very different people. The team had truly become a dream team where everyone had their clear role in contributing to the success of the company. It was like being in a rowing competition. Suddenly everyone was synced up and rowing in the same direction. Everyone had a clear role. My role as a CEO was to set the strategy, create and manage our budget, interact with the board, acquire new clients, be the spokesperson of the company, go to networking events, and so forth. I was also initially the main sales and project manager for all projects while we were still in the turnaround phase. But after we got out of the turnaround situation, I took on a more visionary role and hired project manager and salespeople. My sister had been with this company before I joined. Initially, she was a programming director overseeing all programmers and their tasks. As the company grew, she took on the role of chief operating officer, which meant that she took over the hiring and firing and basically managing the day-to-day of the business. She basically became the integrator of the vision that I had set for the company. If you don't know the difference between visionary and integrator, then I highly recommend you read the book Rocket Fuel and do the assessment in the book to figure out what you are currently. As the founder and CEO of your business, you should be the visionary, and that's why you need to hire an integrator sooner or later in your business, although it is not going to be your first hire when you start out. In 2006 and 2007, the company I was running was voted one of the 50 best small businesses to work for in Iceland. It was like getting 10 out of 10 in building a dream team. I left the company in 2008 and moved to Switzerland. The company had been sold twice during my tenure and today it is a thriving department within a large software company in Iceland. And many of the people that were hired while I was a CEO are still with the company today. That's truly a dream team. When I started my own business in 2014, I was not thinking of building a dream team. My first goal was to make some money so I could live off my business. But six months into my business, while I was only making about $2,000 a month, I realized that I was wasting a lot of my time on repetitive tasks instead of revenue generating activities. As the owner, as the founder, as the CEO, you should always be thinking about revenue generating activities. So I hired my first virtual assistant. And my first hire was an Australian guy based in Canada who was quite tech savvy and did great graphics too. He was saving up for going to acting school and working as a virtual assistant. I had done my first webinars and decided to create a membership site. I had already set up the membership site and the sales page, but I got him to keep it up to date as I was doing weekly webinars and constantly adding new content to both the membership site and the sales page. His hourly rate was only $15 an hour in the beginning, but as he got better, he constantly increased his rates. But he also started to be less reliable. 
I realized that he was getting more interested in having his own online business than helping me with mine. So I started to look for another virtual assistant. My next hire was a virtual assistant in the United Arab Emirates. She had a package deal for 10 hours, so I couldn't just pay her by the hour. I very quickly found out that we were not a good fit. She was a graphic designer, but everything I saw from her did not fit my aesthetical eye. I stopped the contract and didn't use any of her material. My third hire was a brand new virtual assistant. Her name was Angela. She didn't know much about the tools I used, so I taught her. I showed her how to send an email with MailChimp and how to set webinars with WebinarJam. I had started to use Asana several months earlier and mapped out my entire webinar process so she could follow it step by step. I paid her $20 an hour and it was a great help to have her, although I had to train her myself. She worked for me circa five hours a week in the beginning and it was totally worth it because it saved me five hours where I could work on revenue generating opportunities. By the way, all these virtual assistants I found through referrals by asking in Facebook groups. One year into my business, I switched from MailChimp to Entreport. I realized that my current virtual assistant would not be the right person to move our data over and to manage Entreport, so I decided to contact a virtual assistant agency. I contacted one that was highly recommended by the biggest online marketeers. The rate was $35 an hour, and I was matched up with a woman who was brand new to the agency, but according to her CV, she should know tools like Entreport. The first task when moving data from one tool to another is to export the data into Excel file in a way that makes sense for the new tool. That woman got the task to prepare the file for import into Entreport. After she had logged 30 hours, I'll repeat, 30 hours, and I still didn't have the final file to import, I got very upset and asked for a meeting with the head of the agency. I said there was no way, absolutely no way that I was going to pay 30 hours for an Excel file. The agency did not agree with me, but we ended up agreeing on a discount of 10 hours. So I paid 20 hours and said goodbye to the agency. I prepared the file myself in less than five hours. That was a tough lesson learned in watching new hires closely and not trusting a CV or what people say they can do. Let them prove it to you first. As you can just imagine, this experience left me frustrated and disappointed in hiring good and promising team members. My business had taken off and I still just had Angela and I couldn't really grow with her even though I liked her a lot. I knew it was time to hire someone who knew at least as much as me or even more about online business and online marketing. April 2015 was a month of test hires. This was one year and four months into my business and I was fully booked and needed more help. Two virtual assistants started and quit right away on their own. They both had PCs instead of Macs and we realized that wouldn't work. Then I found a virtual assistant based in the UK who had a PC, but still could make it work. Her name was Elizabeth. I was her first client, so we started with only $18 an hour and then increased the rate as she got more experienced. She was tech savvy and could do graphics, exactly what I needed. Her job was to work on sales pages, help me create a MailChimp course and refresh my membership site. I was still the main person working on Entreport because I had not yet found a virtual assistant who already knew Entreport. 
In May 2015, I attended a conference with Natalie Lucier called Off the Charts in Dallas, Texas. It was my first business conference that I invested in after I started my business. The conference was great. Very inspiring talks over three days and so great to meet Facebook friends live. But you know what my biggest takeaway was? I got a recommendation for two new virtual assistants, which I hired right after the conference. The first one was Sarah, and she went on to do simpler virtual assistant tasks for me after Angela left to focus on clients who bought more than five hours a week from her. The second one was Lynn, who first took care of Entreport for me and then became my online business manager. Sarah stayed with me for a few months before she decided to take on a full-time job and stop being a virtual assistant. Last year, I heard from a friend of hers that she was going through a hard time health-wise, so I donated to her GoFundMe campaign. Elizabeth stayed on for one and a half years before she decided to leave to start her own online marketing business. I still refer people to her if I think she's a good fit for them. She did a great job for me, revamping my optimized press membership site and many other things in the time we worked together. By the way, I don't use optimized press anymore. We moved our membership to Access Alley a while ago. So a year after Lynn joined, all my other virtual assistants had left to do other things. And instead of hiring new virtual assistants, Lynn offered to take on a bigger role and gradually we increased her hours until she became a full-time member of Team Sigrun. This month, we celebrate working four years together. In September 2016, my husband, Martin, lost his job at Cisco Systems after having worked there for 10 years in a senior executive position. After playing golf for a few months and looking at some job offers, we decided in January 2017 that he would join Team Sigrun as a chief operating officer just like my sister had worked with me about 12 years earlier. My dream team was growing. In June 2017, we hired a Facebook ad manager to be on Team Sigrun. I had worked with a Facebook ad manager six months prior, but she was not doing anything that I couldn't do. And again, I wanted to hire someone that I knew more than me in terms of Facebook ads. That person was Joe. A year later, September 2018, we hired two part-time team members. Joe, another Joe, yes, we seem to be hiring Joes a lot, <laughs> as a marketing assistant and a video editor, and Siv as community manager and customer service rep. Siv happens to be one of my long-term clients as well. The dream team was growing, and we were now at three full-time employees and three part-time contractors. I finally managed to hire IT support before end of 2018, someone who has actually been helping me with WordPress issues for many years. And now he had left working for WordPress and was working freelance for people like me. And that was really helpful in our last launch. So January, 2019, I celebrated my five-year business anniversary. And I made the realization that we were still understaffed especially when it came to offloading me and Lynn. We were both juggling a lot of balls and it was becoming very urgent to hire competent team members who we could delegate to. Actually, this was already clear middle of 2018 or even earlier, but I kept postponing the hiring. 
In February, I was on the hot seat in one of my masterminds. In November, I had already shared with the same group my big vision of accelerating gender equality through female entrepreneurship and my upcoming conference in June 2020 in Reykjavik, Iceland. And now I stood in front of that same group again, sharing that something was blocking me from hiring the right people onto my dream team. One of my mastermind buddies said to me, Sigrun, I think the reason you haven't hired the team you need to realize your vision is that you want to do it all yourself. You want to show women that it can be done. And you want to be able to say, I did this all by myself. Wow, that was a huge insight. And I realized immediately that she was right. I was holding myself back to be able to prove that women can do it. Women can build a million-dollar business. And of course we can. But we need a team. Even though this was a big breakthrough for me, and I felt I could move forward, I still took my time in hiring more team members. Just the day before the mastermind hot seat, we had put out job ads for three new roles on Team Sigrun. We had the ad up for five weeks on Indeed. I also shared it on social media and to my email list. And we also tried out LinkedIn job ads. Over 900 people applied for these three roles. About 300 filled out our formal application in SurveyMonkey. There of about half actually recorded the required video. And my team then selected 15 candidates for the interview phase. We ended up with five finalists for the executive assistant role, two for the content marketing coordinator role, and two for the content writer role. All of these people got a test assignment from us relevant to the role that they applied for. How the candidates did the test assignment was very telling for us and helped us pick the best people from a pool of 900 in a three-month process. Finding good candidates is like looking for a needle in a haystack. So when you find good people, you actually want to hire them all. And that's exactly what we did. So instead of hiring three for three roles, we actually ended up hiring five people. One project manager as a full-time employee, one executive assistant as a full-time employee, one videographer and content coordinator as a full-time employee, one content writer as a part-time contractor, one sales coach as a part-time contractor. Before I made the offer to all these candidates, I do admit I was nervous. I was nervous about expanding the team so much and so quickly. But once I put out the offer and everyone said yes, I was very relieved and happy. It felt and does feel so right. And I feel I've gone through a huge up-leveling personally and professionally. Now Team Sigrun consists of six full-time employees and six part-time contractors. And I've even decided to add one more role to the team, which is a full-time social media manager, and then we'll be 13 people. In addition, I have a podcast team that consists of a podcast editor based in the UK and a show note writer based in the US. My podcast editor was originally Emma, but now she has Alex on her team to edit our podcasts and our show note writer is Dawn. So that's basically two more contractors. 
I haven't actually mentioned a few more people that we work with, but the reason I don't count them as a member of Team Sigrun is that they're not a part of our weekly team calls, don't attend our events, and are basically not in our Slack channel. So who are these other people? We have an accountant in Canada, Facebook ad manager in the UK, tax advisor in Switzerland, lawyer in Switzerland, collection agency in the US, and a trademark attorney in the US. That's another six people who work for us in different capacities. Plus, I'm about to hire a housekeeper slash personal assistant. As I'm recording this episode, it's a 22-year-old woman who lives in a neighboring village and applied to my ad in two different places. She's learning to be a server in a restaurant and is a native English speaker, so I couldn't be happier to have her also join Team Sigrun as my local person. Wow, that's overall six full-time employees and 15 contractors. I'm surprised myself how many people that are. I didn't even know before I recorded this episode. In only one week, my team has doubled in size. Building a dream team is an ongoing process. It's not something you do once and you're done. It's something you should be thinking about constantly as a business owner. Once you've hired the right people, you need to onboard them to the best of your capabilities. Over-communicate rather than under-communicate. Have lots of calls and check-ins. The better your onboarding is, the more likely people are to stay on board. Weekly team meetings are a must and individual check-in calls too. Plus, meet at least once a year face-to-face. I'm now in the middle of the onboarding with my new team members, and I'm so excited to get their help to grow the business, serve our clients, and accelerate gender equality through female entrepreneurship. I would love to hear from you on how you are building your dream team. Please share with me on Instagram. My handle is sigruncom, one word. Let me know that you have listened to this episode by tagging me in your Insta story and using the hashtag Sigrun Show. I wish you the best building your dream team. You can go to sigrun.com forward slash 312 for the show notes of this episode and for instructions on how to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share on Instagram using the hashtag Sigrun Show and by tagging me, my handle is sigruncom, one word. See you in the next episode.